When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And I am delighted today, listener, to welcome the wonderful, fabulous Anna Matha. Hello, Anna. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute joy. It's a beautiful day in London. Um, We're just so happy that you're here. Tell us about you, Anna. Fabulous you. What do you want to know? So my name is Anna. I have, well, I'm a psychotherapist. That's one of the main reasons I'm here, I guess. Um, I have three kids and I've just spent two hours in the car with my husband and I'm really hormonal. And I found I just kept wanting to ask him to clear the windscreen. Oh. I, he wasn't clearing the windscreen as much as I would have cleared the windscreen. So what do you mean? It was misty. Very, it was all misty. It was just kind of dusty. Mm. It was inhibiting my vision and I wasn't even driving. It was so, it was pissing you, you off. Know, he wasn't doing it right, he Anna. Wasn't. And then I didn't want to be that person being like, can you just give it a squirt? Anna, it's, it's not that I'm unsympathetic, but the question does beg itself, why, why didn't you clean the windscreen i have to lean over and oh right no fair enough because he was driving he was driving so he was doing it wrong oh you mean the square on the outside the square button oh i see yeah yeah and then i just felt extra hormonal because that's all i wanted to say was can you just and could you you just this is why i should have been driving on my own (laughs) (laughs) maybe he needs some therapy ironically I should have given us a little bit of couples therapy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) for two can you do that can you do couples therapy on yourself uh, when I started training and you're so aware of everything, I guess it's like if you're a builder and then you're learning the trade and you're kind of looking at all the bricks and stuff, you become hyper aware of everything and analytical of everything. And then you kind of chill out a little bit. Mm. Yeah. But I think at the beginning, I was probably quite difficult to be in a relationship with because I just want to analyze everything. Why did you say that? Why? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Why did you do yeah. that? Yeah. Must Tell us about exhausting. the time in your past that this yeah. has brought up, you what know, has, feelings. What has made you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you not squirt? So then, oh, I mean, that is a great question in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bath water. It's just got bath water. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm going to be honest. It, I mean, not, not, not talking about you. I've just met you. But uh, it can be quite annoying. I had a friend um, who, when I had my first child, 
and uh, I was with her and she'd just done a degree in child psychology I think mm. it was possibly psychotherapy can't remember don't really know the difference don't really care anyway she'd just done this degree and um, I was trying to stop my son like climbing up I think it was like climbing up a flight of stone steps so for like a two two three year old quite yeah. dangerous not, not really ideal not ideal and I was saying no darling don't you? And I, was, I wasn't cross I wasn't shouting but I was like no darling let's not do that we're not, we're not going to climb the stairs and she was like you know um, there's quite a lot of evidence that um, we shouldn't really be saying no to our children oh gosh and I was like is there <laughs> is there and did she have any children Ellie she had zero children zero children oh was- children <laughs> and I was like okay well hey um you know I'm 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 always ready to take advice why don't you you give it a go uh so she went hey come here darling and she got like a broom and she tried to distract my son from the stairs by giving him a broom to play with and he didn't really want the fucking broom. And he wanted yeah. to go up the fucking stairs yeah. and throw things of off the landing. And she lasted about, I'm going to say, 90 seconds. Tops, And yeah. then just quietly just, popped into the kitchen to make some tea. Just away. Can you yeah. imagine if that was a good distraction technique, how clean your floors would be? I mean, yeah. yeah. You'd be like, quick, yeah. go sweep yeah. that corner. Yeah. Everyone not- knows the broom technique, Anna. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring it up earlier. But now, what, I, now I'm terrified you're going to go, well, actually, saying no to children is now established. No, I've, uh, got, I've got something helpful to say about this that I heard on another podcast the other day with Zoe Motherkind. And there was a woman talking about that moment you get on a roller coaster and you know when you shake the harness. Right. And you're doing it not so that it moves because you, you don't want it to pop open. You're doing it because you want to know that it's there to keep you safe. Yes, and they were talking about boundaries with children, how the kids rattle the boundaries because they want to be, mm. they want to know that they're solid and secure mm. oh, rather than that. like pop open because we don't want the barrier to pop open. Like no. we thrive on predictability and familiarity. So, oh, so, so he was there just, we go. and actually th- th- then you're saying that I was right and the right thing to do is to say no because you're pushing back yeah. and saying no, and your harness is As long as you keep on. that no the same... So even if they have a patty on the floor, it's still like a loving no. Oh, right. I think then like, don't, like, don't um, start saying it in Spanish or something. <laughs> no. That's very Italian. confusing. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, not a carne. Not a no, carne. No. Yeah. Unless, of course, you are from one of those countries and you'd like to, your child to be bilingual. Let's, let's, you know, we've got to account for everybody, guys. Absolutely. Let's be, fair. Let's be reasonable. Absolutely. Very admirable. Um, what a start I think this is great we're getting into the nuts and bolts we're getting into the juicy nuggets of relationships of looking after toddlers basically let's rinse Anna for all her worth as a psychotherapist we can't afford psychotherapy let's just invite her on on the podcast let's start with my sex life (laughs) I'm not a sex therapist let's just have let's what get out (laughs) oh gosh alright yeah perhaps we should do we should do some couples therapy that's that's a really good idea between the two of you yeah we could do that uh, no, it's weird. No, it's um, <laughs> we're not ready for that yet. We've only been together seven and a half years. Yeah. Uh, and only one of us is itching. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a cream for that, so that's fine. That's no, fine. Um, that's good. So, Anna, like, okay, so we've established you've got, you've got three children, but not just, you know, spread out. Tell us how many you had in a very close period of time. Mm. I was pregnant by my first child's first birthday. I knew it because Ooh. on his birthday I was... I think I was crying upstairs for, oh, for a not, reason. Not unusual at a child's birthday. No, party, no, not un, not unusual. But I just oh the hor- I just felt that right. rrr, the hormones. Not like rrr, but rrr. and can I ask was 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 that a, did had, had you were you hoping for that? It was yes because my first child, yeah, bless him, he kind of lured, he lured me in. 
Right, yeah, Lord yeah. Me in. That's how he they was, do it, yeah. He, mm. was a, he was pretty textbook. Yeah. He was so I, I've got this parenting thing yeah. sorted. So Let's he, go again. Absolutely. Let's go for two. Lord me in. And then the second one, I thought, well, that's fine. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm uh, just going to copy and paste. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. We all know that. It, it turns did not out. work. No, they're not it clip art. It did not work. I wish they were clip art. Oh, copy and paste. Uh, no. Oh, what a shame. So, so what's the age gap between one and two? 19 months. Wow, okay. So busy Ooh. times. Busy times. So my second one, this is where I learnt everything. Or, or I learnt that I didn't know right. anything yeah yeah I guess both kind of the same thing but that was a really challenging time he had silent reflux but oh. everyone just kept saying you must have had a very easy first baby I was like I I did but I don't think it's normal to be awake from midnight so that was challenging and it made me realize quite how important sleep is mm. yeah. which is challenging when you can't really get any but I prioritize that as much as I can now. Um, so that's when I experienced postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, which is what a huge amount of my passion and drive for sharing the stuff that I share now comes from. Then we had third baby. So I yeah, that was good. So, so you were like, right, we've we've fucked it. Oh, let's, mate, let's double down. <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go for the triple. Let's just go for the triple. Well, let's just say there was a bigger gap. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember what that gap is, but. I think it's like two over two and a half years, and it's yeah. all my husband and I are both one of three. Okay, so we just always had this mm. thing that we were going to have three kids, and we were very, very lucky to be able to. But it was definitely more of a process for me that the before we tried again, mm. he would have like had a small gap again. Yeah, of yeah, course, but, he would well, have. Yeah, he, he worked Wasn't long it? hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, t- I only have two, but I yeah. had the first one, and I didn't sleep for like yeah. two, three years, and I was like, oh no, 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 not yet. Not yet. It was, it was hold, like three and a half hold. years. I was yeah. like, yeah. hold, hold. <laughs> but sleep, man, sleep is really is everything. Yes, it. Yes, I, I it say that a lot. I say that as, it, my little list is five now, and I was saying he'd still wake me up at five o'clock this morning. Mm. So that. You're coming to my core, Anna. I'm yeah. imagining you got a lot done in that time, right? <laughs> we made pancakes. <laughs> because there's bread. nothing else to do. Because for some reason, we made a rule that they're not allowed to have TV in the morning. A rule that a five one this morning, I regretted oh. ever oh. saying. Oh, it's, oh, we it's made when some my pancakes. husband, my husband before. does that. Yeah. Yeah. He makes that rule, yeah. right, no television this morning, and yeah. then he goes to work. Ooh. And then, you know, boundaries rattling the harness. Yeah. I have to try and keep that rule. Oh, man, I'd be loosening They don't like me, I don't like coaster. him. Yeah. Oh, my God, just get in the car. That's what oh. my mum said. She had three very close together, and she said, sometimes I just had to put them in the car and drive around and around. I was like... I understand this you now. You need one of those screens yeah. that the chauffeurs have that, like, go up. Yeah. And you can't even drive. You just put them in the car and stay there. <laughs> They've been some of my happiest moments, Ellie. <laughs> we just pretend. Yeah, I know. When I used to go and see Steve Hill in North London, sometimes I used to drive, and I'm in South East London. It would take a good 90 minutes at least, but I didn't care because they were strapped in the back. Mm, I could have anywhere. the radio on. Yeah. They're quite good in the car. They quite like a car ride. They don't moan, and sometimes they fall asleep. And it was, oh, it was delightful being stuck in traffic in Ealing oh <laughs> it's an absolute dream <laughs> anyway oh, we so you had, so, about you had so, so you had so you had you know uh, you're not allowed to say shit. Oh, you had a challenging one you yeah. had a non-challenging and a challenging one what was the third one like 
Well, I think by that point, I just let go of any expectations. You were broken. In fact, no, I expected it to be terrible and it wasn't. Uh, And I'm still waiting. She's nearly what she's, I don't know, how old is she? Someone asked me this the other day and I was like, 18 "Um, months? um, um, Yeah, but she's too infant. I'm not going to be one of those parents. It's like, she's 39 and a half months. And then you... You leave everyone else to do the maths. Yeah. yeah. She's two next February. That's fine. That's let's, fine. Let's, let's, she's and she's, you know, she's great. But it's, she my, it's my birthday on Monday and, and I said to someone the other day, oh, I'm going to be 44. And Pete was like, no, you're not. I'm going to be 43. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. I feel 44. I felt 43 for about a year. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to be 43. skipping ahead. Oh, That's because no. we're singing our song about being slaggy and 44. You've yeah, said 44. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you've done three. That's amazing, Anna. I think that it felt, it does feel like a big jump. Like, I've only had two, and they're nine and 11, and that's fine. They can wipe their own ass now. They can turn on the TV by themselves. They make their own bagels. I mean, not from scratch. Yes, they say. <laughs> wow. They're actually running a bakery... Uh, in Brick Lane and yeah they're curing their own pastrami it's yeah. absolutely amazing they make locks it's oh, wonderful impressive. it's wonderful impressive. yes it's, I now feel fulfilled as a mother yeah. Um, but yeah I just remember those early days just thinking and they were two years apart uh, I couldn't do any more like yeah. I just felt like two hands two kids and that and that was enough but I think, yeah I think you have to learn to be a little bit selfish and I know we'll talk about some of this stuff in a minute but I think we demote ourselves so far down the list of priorities that we forget to engage in the things that make us us. Mm. So then the more kids you have, the less you get to do any of the things that make you you. And Mm. actually, it's about putting them further up the list of priorities so that you're you're still yourself amidst it somehow. And for Mm. me, that's work. Yeah. Like, I never realised that that was actually what I needed in my life after having my second, that I needed to work. I needed to have something that was mine and that was a different context. And so having three, in a way, has made me, I'm more relaxed than I've ever been because I've truly had to let go. Mm. I'm like a perfectionist and I nearly kill myself trying to apply that to motherhood, which is a terrible idea. Yeah, I've, I've learned that, yeah. Yeah. It's just difficult, it's difficult. So, it's difficult. But it's not easy learning that. It's messy and it's hard. But once you... Once you realise that actually you have to be kind to yourself amidst it all. Yeah. And that there is no such thing as a perfect mother. And your kids don't actually need one of those either. It's not really good for them. They need just enough. And then it means that you can recoup something back for yourself. So that's been... I've actually enjoyed three more than I've enjoyed two because I've just had to let go of trying to be something I could never be. Mm. So where did the, the depression and the anxiety fit in in that chronology? So it was after my second. So it was, so Charlie had silent reflux and tongue ties and all of this. And Does that mean they dispute really so quietly? So no, he wouldn't. And this was the problem because the health was, they were so fixated on his weight mm. and his weight didn't go down because he was feeding a lot to try and like calm the mm. burning feeling. A bit like when you're pregnant, you're like, just kind of like give me more snacks, potatoes, give me, more potatoes. Push it all down, <laughs> give me all the potatoes. Um, so he never really lost weight. So he was he seemed to them healthy and every time I went to the GP he was always like, upright in a carrier so he was often asleep right but he would scream like all the time so the lack of sleep and the feeling that I could never comfort my own baby mm. as well as being a perfectionist it was just a very very and and really wanting to be that like wanting to be the super mum wanting to get everything right it was just a bit of a toxic combination Mm, and really? did you, as a, as a psychotherapist, did you recognise it for what it was quite quickly or was that? No, but I didn't really because I, 
I couldn't see the wood for the trees and you lose you know what it's like when you're so tired sometimes I sit in the car and and I'll be like I can't actually remember how to drive it like Mm. you know the stuff but when your brain is so exhausted you can't access that same kind of rationality so I wasn't I wasn't able to kind of look at what I was going through kind of more objectively or like step away from it because I was just so in it and trying just to keep moving through and moving through and yeah so Mm. it was hard and then I felt like a rubbish therapist as well so it it's that I think getting to that place where we actually have to really realize that we're not made to do this on our own Mm. and we I know I've got loads of stuff to say about this in a minute but just trying to attain that that ideal Yeah, yeah we don't have the resources and I say, you know how all of the Pinterest and all of the Instagram things say, you are enough, you are enough, you are enough. And I'm there going like, do you know what? Sometimes you don't feel like you're enough because you are not. You're mm-hmm. not enough. You were never meant to be enough to fulfill all of the roles that you take on to the standard that you set yourself. Mm, the standard. Yeah. Th- the reason I'm- you don't feel enough is because you're not, you're not, you're not meant to be. I feel the same way about you got this, which you yeah. say. I, th- I feel like, do you know what? Yeah. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't. And maybe a better or more helpful thing to say is, you may not have this, but if you haven't, I've got you. Yeah. You know, I can support you and I can help you and we can we can work our way through it. And that doesn't necessarily mean the outcome is 100% successful and perfect. Maybe that means yeah. we've got to get through it and we can do that together rather than you some people mm. haven't got it do you know what I mean some yeah. days I haven't bloody got yeah. it I've rarely got it quite honestly That's some days it. I don't know what it yeah. is how am I supposed to get it I don't know <laughs> I don't even know what it is yeah absolutely so it's like such conflicting messages at the moment isn't it because I feel like on social media and in the media it's it we're really trying to move towards that it's okay not to be okay but you're enough and you've got this and actually sometimes <laughs> You know, that only reason that you can I mean, that's really... a set of coasters right there. It's a set of coasters. You just flip them over yeah. depending on what, what you're feeling. But actually, if it's okay to be a, to not be okay, you have to realise that sometimes you're not enough. Yeah. And sometimes you haven't got this. Sometimes you've dropped it and it's yeah. smashed. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing enough of a good job in mothering because actually maybe in that area of my life, I'm actually not. Maybe yeah. I benefit... Mm. From getting some insight, getting some tips, getting some techniques. I used to be a really shouty mum back when I was tired and it used to make me feel really guilty. And actually, if we look on that guilt as something that is there to prompt us Mm. to change something and not just to shame us, then guilt doesn't need to be something we just carry around all the time. Yeah. And sometimes I feel guilty because I need to change something. I think people interpret guilt in really different ways. Yeah. Like it is a really loaded thing. Yeah. Like some people say they don't they don't have it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does feel like a loaded thing. Like but I maybe, feel guilty about this, that, and the other. Maybe they just don't let it shame them. Mm. Mm. That's excellent. Yeah. Because I read a thing once. I read in some magazine or something that guilt is a useless emotion. It's the only emotion that is useless. It doesn't really serve a purpose. And I remember saying this to my mum. And my, again, my kids were like babies. Right? And I was like, I'm not going to feel guilty anymore about anything uh, because it's a useless emotion. And my mum was like, um, that's bollocks. 
she's not a psychotherapist. She's, you know, just my mother. But she was like, that's bollocks because guilt does serve a purpose because sometimes it is a red flag that maybe you are fucking something up. Maybe mm. you are doing something wrong. And like, I think now you're saying essentially there's no shame in that, but sometimes maybe you do have to admit that and go, you know, like white guilt, for example, which yes. I also suffer from, uh, probably with good reason. And maybe I should. And maybe because that prompts me to think, well, how can I be better? And, mm. you know, it's that little, yeah. that little sting that sometimes it prompts you to, yeah to go right i'm a really good person that's what i'm saying uh, your turn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all feel guilt differently but i think so many of us explain it as something it kind of like sits in your tum- stomach it just kind of makes you feel like a bit of a bad person it makes you feel like you're not good at doing a good enough job it makes you feel like a bit of a failure and it's like this conflict between the person we think we should be and the construct of like ethics and beliefs that we have around how one should live or how we should live and the reality of what we've done or how we've responded to something in more of a knee-jerk reaction or out of our tiredness and because it's not our own ideal Mm. but when we feel guilt I think to see it as a little like flag that says hey there's you're at conflict here you've done something or you feel something and actually some of that guilt isn't even justified like the amount of guilt I felt over struggling to breastfeed my second did I do anything wrong? Like, no. Mm. Like, so often we assume, we take on guilt mm. that isn't really ours to carry. And then when we feel, when we don't address guilt, we're more likely to shame ourselves, to criticise ourselves, like our inner critic or probably, like, get louder. We're less likely to do those things and make decisions that that care for ourselves Mm. like because we feel undeserving so i've got this little technique i um made up (laughs) called act so whenever you feel guilty it's like a address it what is it that you feel guilty about a i i'm addressing it i imagine holding it in my hands i feel guilty say this is loads parents will resound with this my kids have had too much green time Okay. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. This absolutely never happens. <laughs> never happened in this house. Don't have any digital equipment nope, nope. in our house at do all. Do not have. No, lockdown was a lovely knit, opportunity for we craft. Absolutely, do not have more tablets we than people in this house. <laughs> that is not the situation. No, we yes. paint. Yeah. Ma- macrame. Mm. Macrame. Macram. Macrame. Macrame. Crochet. <laughs> macrame. <laughs> you know. So take that guilt. So take it out of yourself, almost like take it out of because I I think I see it as like this black rock in my like sitting it kind of in my stomach. So take it out, address it. Right, I feel guilty. My kids have had too much screen time. See compassion. You need yeah. to bring compassion into it. You have to. It's the only way to like unlock shame. It's the only way to stop it from sticking in there. Everyone is worthy of compassion. Even the man on death row that has murdered people. If you were to actually sit with him. And really, I'm assuming it's him, could be a her, you know, and really get to the, like, to the bones of that story, which will most likely tell of neglect and abuse. There will be a reason to be compassionate to even who we deem the worst in society. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Anna, come on, let me challenge you. Donald fucking Trump. (laughs) Terrible racist, sexist. I mean, let's think of how we could be compassionate with Donald Trump. Yeah. but there is always there is we need compassion. So let's think about the screen time situation. You Doesn't know, help me with the Donald Trump thing, and no, I'm still she's, struggling. With it. She's very good at that. <laughs> that's been a real thing um, for me this week because we're, we're, as we're recording, it's the yeah. week that um, Donald Trump has, has tested positive for coronavirus, and like 
I, I like to think of myself as a nice person who never wishes harm on anyone. Would never, would certainly never wish anyone dead. Mm. And I ran downstairs and told my hundred, like I told him that Christmas was coming a fucking week early. I, I was just like, yeah. and I was like, God, who am I? I was, ne- I've never been happy to know that someone's ill yeah. in my whole life. Mm. But my God, I, I'm not saying I hope he dies, but I'm saying he's going to die anyway one day. <laughs> Perhaps it'll be soon. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think we we kind of hope that he will gain some valuable perspective, but unfortunately, fucking optimistic. I I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, but but going back to but anyway, back to mum guilt or any kind of guilt. So how are you going to bring compassion into it? Because there is always a way, and it can be helpful to think. Well, what what would I say to a friend? Because we find it a lot easier to find compassionate words for people we care about than ourselves. Um, so it might be that you know you've had a, it's it's been an unprecedented time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's it's it's taken a lot of effort just to kind of maintain some stability for the children. There will be more juggling. There will be more pressure and more emotion. So we are going to lean a little bit harder on some of those tools that are there for us. Mm. Great. So that's the compassion. Yeah, when I've given my kids too much screen time, I like to like tell them I love them multiple times and hug them a lot, and then I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I sort of because I had. I was just thinking about. I had to do it this weekend because mm. Pete was away, and um, I had the kids on my own. I, no, you can't imagine what that's like. No. Uh, it must be very hard for me. Paint and, me a picture, Ellie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I had to do some work. I had to get this work done. Yeah. And. So they had to have screen time so I could do the work. There was no other option. And I started feeling guilty, but then I, I was like, I justified it to myself because, well, no, I have to work because I have to put food on the table. Yeah. So that's all right, isn't well, it? Well, that's the compassion really, isn't it? Is mm. that you're just, you're just trying to make the best of this situation. You need to do this. They're happy. They're safe. They're loved. They're watching, you know, there's Thank a lot you, of education. Now. <laughs> Good, but we, you need to, you know, we need to be doing this for ourselves as well. Right. And then the T is to tweak something off the back of it. Like, what can I do? Okay, well, maybe I'm going to, we're going to have a break at lunchtime. We'll put the screen away for half an hour. We'll have a sandwich and sit at the table, you know, or maybe that it's that you need to get some more tech, you know, when I said about being a shouty mum. I got some amazing techniques. I went online, I listened to some podcasts, I got some brilliant insight and techniques that have really changed the way that I parent. But if I had just left that guilt there to shame me, I'd still be here years later, probably shouting, probably hating myself for it. Mm. I mean, shouting constantly. I was very shouty. Um, So that's a really helpful tip I use a lot. So address it, bring in compassion, and then tweak something. And then just let it go. So... Guilt is there to prompt you. You don't have to feel it forever. Right. You don't have to carry it around like a bag of, you mm. know, pointy fingers. Yeah. For I know because a lot of mothers still, even when their child is 5, 10, 15, say, I feel guilty about the birth that they had or I feel guilty about these sort of things. And they, they, they talk about it as a forever yeah. thing, like it's a permanent guilt rather than, as you say, you can address it and and, and change it. And yeah. it's 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 I think that's a hard thing that that's a lot of forgiveness and compassion for yourself which I think we as you were saying is always the bottom priority yeah and yeah it needs to be it needs to be the top priority and I know again this is a bit controversial when people you know my child is the most important thing in my life I would do absolutely anything for them but the most the biggest thing that you can ever offer your children is an emotionally mentally well parent Mm. because actually you know actions speak louder than words I could tell my kids that I I'm I'm going through this at the moment with rest 
right? Because I want my kids to sit down when they get home from school to have a bit of a rest. But because that is my value for them, I want them to know that they are deserving of rest. Yet Mm. do they see me doing that? No. So I can tell them and show them that they are deserving of rest. But what they're going to learn about being an adult is looking at me never sitting down. Mm. So I need to teach them by doing it for myself because that's the most powerful way to teach your children. So at the start of lockdown, you know, I was so fixated and I think many of us were when like, oh, my kids all right? Are they feeling safe? Are they scared? Are they worried? And actually I realised that they look to me. So if I'm not anchored, then they can never really feel completely anchored. Mm. So instead of worrying about them... Of course, I'm mindful of them, but I need to put more energy into making sure that I'm finding ways to anchor myself so that when they look to me to be anchored, I'm not kind of, you know, flailing around in the sea whilst they're on the boat. Mm. But did did you then always have to present this very sort of solid, rock solid Teflon image? Because surely Mm. you also, I mean, you tell me, I'm not a therapist, but surely you also want them to learn that it is all right to cry, it's all right to be upset and all of that. So I am very verbal with them in very simple ways about my own emotions so even if I'm feeling hormonal I'll just say mum's feeling really grumpy mum's feeling really tired mummy's you know feeling sad today and it's it's important so I'm labeling the emotions so that they might understand but also to let them know that they're all right and that is a way of anchoring yourself is acknowledging and validating emotion so it doesn't mean that I'm this kind of like I'm fine exterior because that's got me to very messy places and I don't want to teach them that. But it's it's the verbalising and the validating of emotion because when you when you express it, you're adding value to it, mm. you know, and, and that teaches them it's okay to feel, you know, feelings pass and feelings change and they'll see me, so they'll hear me say, oh, mommy's feeling sad and then half an hour later I might be laughing. So, mm. you know, I think to teach them that they can talk about emotions, teach them to label them and also to see that they're not always overwhelming and that they change and that, that if anything, that is a way of anchoring myself because I'm also, I'm just acknowledging and validating emotions. She's a massive anchor, Ellie. Anchoring, I, do you know what I had? A, I actually had an anchor tattooed on my wrist at the end of <laughs> lockdown. I've, I've got it on the brain because I think for so many years I've just tried to be strong but yet have just been like drifting around in the sea, trying to be strong for everyone else and actually realising that I need to find ways to look after myself so that I'm more, I have my feet on the ground. Mm. And sometimes that way is sitting on the bottom of the sea where you can't hear or see anyone. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Very deep, deep down. Sounds ideal. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah. Well, let's talk about lockdown strategies yeah. then, maybe, because um, I've probably talked about this before. I'm obsessed with this podcast by Brené Brown, the American yeah. writer and researcher. And we, I, I remember listening to this at the start of lockdown, when you were going through your shit, Helen, Yeah. Um, about how... Because I was feeling quite manic, and I was like, right, so this has happened, and the business, you know, you weren't able to work. And I was like, right, that's fine. We, we can't do shows, and Helen can't work, but I'm, I'm just going to do all the admin, I'm just going to make loads of content, and it's just all going to be absolutely fine. And then I sort of listened, and you had a sort of opposite reaction. Mm. And then I listened to this podcast by her, and she was she talks about. Have you heard about this bit about over over functioning and under functioning? Mm. Yeah. So in crisis, you either do what I do and go nuts and yeah. start making to do lists and telling everybody else what to do, and but then taking it all on yourself, uh, or you sort of just pull the covers up and you kind yeah, of you can't start, move forward. You start smoking during the day and <laughs> and wearing pajamas twenty three hours a day. Um, so yeah. But the, the the point is neither strategy is, is correct mm. because the person who's doing all the lists will eventually burn themselves out and be fucking useless and absolutely mm. no good to anyone and will then have to be looked after. So they create yep. a bigger problem, whereas the person in the pyjamas with the cigarettes, um, <laughs> yeah, isn't cleaning the toilet. I don't know. No, <laughs> She's just getting through. Yeah, yeah just exactly. getting through. So I'm quite interested in that and, and how we how we manage that is that a theory you're yeah, you're up absolutely for? and i think it's actually acknowledging your human need for both right you know you need you probably needed a little bit more slowing down and wearing your pjs i mean i feel like i've been wearing versions of pajamas for the last like however long i'm loungewear yeah now leggings mm. jumper anything dresses else? it's basically it feels yeah. like pajamas with a little bit more social acceptability added in <laughs> yeah you know, I think that manifested for me after after a bit when I was starting to burn out by just just drinking twice a day. <laughs> so it would be like lunchtime. Oh, I open a bottle of wine. Oh, oh chill me out. Five o'clock. We haven't had a drink for forty minutes. <laughs> Let's open a bottle of wine. And then I realised again relatively quickly that that also. But that's what you're trying to do there is to calm that nervous system yeah. response down. And I think so many people reverted to that mm. because it's your your nervous system is in this like fight or flight hypervigilance state. You know, if you think about a zebra by a watering hole, you know, it's just there like grazing away and then it hears a lion in the distance and it's like, 
it's like up on its you know it's kind of like get the corkscrew ah! yeah and then get the corkscrew and then bulk order corona beer <laughs> We've got it's cheap right now we drank so much corona it made us laugh every time <laughs> it still makes me giggle it still makes me giggle but then you know what we see is that when the lion goes past that zebra then starts just relaxes and goes back to grazing but what we do as humans often especially if you're kind of on that hyper vigilant hyper aware if you're that kind of person anyway that's like a planner and you like a sense of control is we stay in that state yeah because you know you don't see a zebra being like oh is it going to come back is it going to come back i don't know i'm not going to drink i'm not going to eat you know it's it just kind of resumes and that is what that stress response is meant to be in our bodies but often what we do with our like overthinking and our over planning and our over news reading and our over talking about it with every, you know every single person which it's really hard not to do because what we used to do that about the weather and then Brexit and now we're just doing it about this there'll be something else one day you know we like we like to kind of constantly get more and more information and but then it keeps us in that in that kind of like that hyper vigilant state when mm. actually we do not need to because that state is there to save us yeah in times of challenge and in times of like genuine threat but a lot of us are just living in it yeah we're, we're just on edge so what if you what if you're the opposite what if you're sort of in the hole and you're struggling to get out of the hole what do you do 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 then i think it's just it's kind of like equally exhausting but of the opposite because it it just makes you you just kind of you're hiding amidst it aren't you instead of trying to control it yeah i so just, e- i didn't listen e- to e- any news for about yeah. 3 months i only listened to pop music that made me happy i created a a, a reality that i liked because yeah. i knew the reality out there I didn't like so I just kept and this is my coping mechanism is that I try and make everything happy going this is nice everything's fine we'll just eat biscuits and we'll watch the happiest films and we will do all the happy things and we're not listening to the news and we're not we're not and 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 it wasn't that I wasn't facing it it was just that that's what got me through the day mm. and that like and trying to be even though I was going through trauma because yeah. I my marriage had just um broken up but that's that's what that's how I coped is trying to be um, a happy mum and happy for my kids. But I, I could see that they knew that I wasn't right. Mm. There would just be times mm. where they're going, it's okay, mummy. And they would yeah. pat me on the shoulder yeah. and they could see that I was trying to make it good for them. And, th- and then there'll be times where I like go, look, mummy's a single mum now. Um, I need help. There's only one of me. Um, we need to work hard together as a new family of three. This is our new. This is our new family. Um, and I think they really appreciated that. And they're like, "Yes, we understand, Mummy." Rather than kind of going, "It's fine." Um, just sort of laying out what you know, not trying to replicate yeah. what we had before, yeah. but trying to make the new the There's new a kind lot of, family. of change going on. And mm. I think again, it's this compassion that is so important. We don't choose our coping mechanisms. You know, when we go through times of stress, there's the fight, flight, freeze. And that sounds a bit more like flight and freeze. You know, it's the hiding. You try to fight it by control, you know, controlling well, interesting what you were saying about the news. I was, this now definitely feels like a therapy session, by the way. But I, I was exactly the opposite in terms of when it, the COVID kicked off. I was like, right, I was on the paper, on the newspaper. Newspaper? It's not the 40s. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I got my newspaper. The digital paper. I got my newspaper. Hot off the presses. Hey, Jimmy, give me yeah. my newspaper. 
Jimmy, is he Scottish this week? Yes, he's Scottish. Hey, Jimmy, where's my newspaper? Gonna get the clouds down. Oh, oh my god, it was yeah. all over the place. That one was. And before, look, before Corona, I've been doing the thing that you always hear about, where don't keep your phone in your bedroom, like put it to bed mm-hmm. at night. And I've been mm-hmm. sleeping much better. I used to have bad insomnia, and I've been sleeping much better by just having the phone downstairs. It's like a weird type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And then when Corona happened, I was like, well, I have to have. I need the phone. It. What if the bed? news changes? Yeah. What if? What if I wake up at four a.m. and they've discovered a vaccine? I need well, they, to. I need to know. You need to get I on the list. Post. You need to I be need there to three hours before everyone else. Yeah. yeah, and sure. And I got straight back into that yeah. habit of. Oh like, no, I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. And I think it's no one chooses their coping mechanisms. Right. Like an alcoholic doesn't didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, when I hit difficult times in life or feel emotions that I or. or um, reminded of traumas that I don't want to think about I'm just going to start drinking although that no. does I did say that most days of lockdown Anna to be honest <laughs> I think that's a very it's been a very common response cause, yeah. cause of, but you know there's this it, this is why it's really important to bring compassion into both of those situations is mm. did you choose to respond like that no we go into these real you know our brains are very old we're we're not as it old as old our, our brains yeah. are very prehistoric and you say we're lizards we're lizard people <laughs> we're oh my li- god she's a david ike fanatic we're li- get out of my house <laughs> we're lizard people she's saying we're lizards yeah lizard, <laughs> yeah, lizard. Queen, queen, the queen's a t-rex <laughs> <laughs> but at times of challenge you know you don't choose how to how to respond and yeah. i think it's really important to be kind to yourself and know that as you said after a while you started explain to the kids that you needed some extra support you're mm. only one pair of hands now you know so we do come out of it and mm. just with like grief and in another way there's there are similarities with how we deal with challenge and tra- change as to grief and with people will respond differently to grief and in a way it has been a kind of grief and mm. you've been going through a kind of grief in the in the loss of you know your family unit as you're used to yeah. having it mm. so we when people grieve they always do different things we all go a bit weird. We all go a little mm. bit weird. Yeah. And it's it's because we're just trying to process and cope. Um, shall we talk about your, your actual book, Anna? Because mm. let's be honest, that's why we're here. Oh, uh, more about your, about book. your book. Oh, thank you. So it's called Mind Over Mother, Every Mum's Guide to Worry and Anxiety in the First... It was year, but now we've changed it to years mm-hmm. okay. because it's just relevant beyond 12 months. And really it was written out of a desire for for mums to know that short anxiety and worry and overthinking and lying awake at night worrying about all the things that could happen to your children yes they're very very common but so often we just write these things off as normal oh this is just part of the motherhood job description i'm constantly going to be worried and anxious i'm insane guilty and you know for the rest of my life and actually the whole message is that yeah it's common but it doesn't need to be your normal like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that way mm-hmm. i think we're so robbed i've been so robbed of fear like by fear like mm. just my mind will quite happily run away so so today even i found out last night when i was looking on google maps to see how far away you were for me to drive and then i knew my husband was going to a funeral and i thought oh i just wonder where that is five minutes away from here right mm. what are the chances I how re- lucky what are <laughs> the chances what a fortunate I, turn of events <laughs> i was really looking forward to multiple arguments over windscreen wipe clearing <laughs> but you know i was like well that we're gonna go together goodness me what why why is that happening is something gonna happen 
Is oh, this God. why the world has meant that we, we're going together? Is something going to happen? Is something going to happen to kids? And now we're together, so at least we'll be able to be together when we find out. Oh. And this is what my mind does. Mm. But I, I had think, a bad night no, last night. I think night. 2020 has made that shit worse yeah. because it's a weird fucking Mine was like that before, but now it is probably just... Yes, it, it it's is. It's given your brain permission to yeah. go there even And further. a bit more creativity. I yeah. mean, did I never would have had anxious thoughts about a global pandemic, so I didn't really know it was a... Yeah, we just thought it was a film with Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's a reality. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm considering myself quite a rational person. I don't really believe in coincidence and fate and all that. We watched um, when Pete was away at the weekend. We watched Onwards, which is that new Pixar film. Oh my god, did you cry? With the, I did actually. And you know me, I never cry. She never cries. Oh, my heart of stone and that about, melted it. Yeah. Is, this isn't spoiling the ending, but at the beginning, you find out there's these two boys, which I have, who are very close, like my boys, and one has curly hair, and the other oh, one god. is a bigger lad. Yes, and like the um and they're with the mum because the dad has passed away mm. and I was like oh my god oh my god he's going to die he's going to die in a car crash he's going to die in a car crash on the way home uh, even though he's getting the train and the irony is going to be unbearable the irony that we watch this film yep. and then something happens yeah. to him is just going to be unbearable yeah. it's going to be unbearable yeah. them for the yeah. eventual yes and then oh he came god. home and you know we had a row about laundry so it's you know it's yeah. nice it was so, all, all was well in the world yes <laughs> <laughs> but I think I do feel like is that possible that 2020 has made me more susceptible to like bad shit's going to happen because yeah. some bad shit has happened yeah because in times of uncertainty we like I think what anxiety likes to tell us is that if we go through all of these potential scenarios in our mind then should they actually happen yeah. we'll be like well I've uh, yeah I've kind of lived through this already mentally I was prepared I knew this was going to happen I've mm. I don't know but actually all that we end up doing is so this one night Taryn was in London and he was out for drinks and he does this thing where he says he's going to be home at a certain time and he just like never is gets a bit you know carried away and I couldn't get hold of him couldn't get hold of him on his phone his work phone he always picks that one up (laughs) if Mm. not his personal one and I was lying in bed thinking right that's it Mm. he's died there's been a terrorist attack how am I going to tell the kids how am I going to organise the funeral? Do I know all the passwords for the sky? Like to cancel all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's These the are the big issues. Yeah. Why have we got life sky? insurance? <laughs> how am I going to pay the council tax? Am I going to have to move in with my parents? Yeah. And in my mind... You were on Tinder before you even got home. Really. <laughs> it's very I did, easy. It's I was actually easy. like, who's going to want to marry... Who's, you know, I've got, I've got all these kids and like <laughs> now I've got loads of like a mortgage. Like, how's this... My life is... How's it going to work? Mm. And I felt in that like five minutes of running through the next how many years of my life, I felt like fear and loss and grief and like confusion. And it, you feel it in your body, don't you? Mm. Your body isn't like, wait, this isn't real. Because your, your body feels your, a feeling. Your body's a feeling. It, yeah. might have, it might as well have happened. So, mm. you know, then he, he came in like half an hour later. He's like, why are you still awake? I was like, well, I thought you died. <laughs> I was like planning your funeral. And now I'm furious with and you. And now I'm so cross with you. And, you know... This is what anxiety does. It it likes to it likes to kind oh. of con us that that we're just preparing for the worst because then mm. it will make it easier. When actually, all it does is completely robs us of well, in my case, sleep mm. and just I don't know some nice dreams. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm also glad uh, nothing happened to me. <laughs> but but that that experience of having that anxiety because even as a psychotherapist you're saying you still have that yeah. problem and oh, you don't have a gosh. you couldn't talk magic yourself trick. to no, no but the good thing is is that 
I have the tools and this is what I share a lot in everything that I kind of write and speak about is saying there are things that you can do you cannot stop in truth you cannot stop thoughts you cannot stop thoughts coming into your mind but you can stop I could have stopped that evening you can stop them taking over Mm. you know I didn't drive for 10 years because I used to get just these intrusive thoughts of like I'm gonna just turn my wheels to the right and cause a pileup or someone's gonna crash into me or I'm gonna die mm. that's exactly so, what you know that's what your husband was thinking this morning when you're going well, on about probably. the fucking windscreen yeah, yeah. yeah just probably this, she's gonna go reach over <laughs> and nudge the steering wheel but you know I because of those thoughts I did not drive for 10 years I was robbed of seeing friends mm. I used to go with a you know with a buggy like up hills for miles because I didn't want to get in the car so I still have those thoughts. I still get intrusive thoughts on the motorway. But the difference is, is that it does not dictate what I do anymore. It does not. I used to be awake for hours at night trying to think of how can I get out of driving here? Or how can I, you know, pull out of that because I don't want to drive. Whereas now I just do it. Mm. So it's about, it's about... And you have yet to drive into oncoming traffic, so that's good I news. have yet to do that, yeah. you know. I mean, there's always a first time for everything. There's always a first time <laughs> for everything, but the 99.9 recurring times that I do not do that, it's a shame to swipe all of those away for the one time you might have a bump or a crash. Yeah. And um, it's that, it, that's the difference, is being controlled or having control. Mm. and we will all have anxious thoughts and we all do and I do no matter how experienced I am as a therapist but the difference is that to the main I'm able to live my life and is that about talking yourself out of it or writing things down or what is the actual practical technique for that so really understanding what happens in your body when you feel anxious and what those thoughts are and choosing how much power to give them because I like to I uh I think of strange things, but this, I had this, uh, this image once of a mop man. You know, so imagine like Friday night, sat down on your sofa, you got your chips, your glass of wine, and then the doorbell goes and you get up and you're like, oh, for goodness sake, it's just about to watch episode four. And it's a man selling mops on your doorstep. And he's like, oh, I want to introduce you to the Super Splash G7. And you're kind, so you like let him in. And... Sounds quite sexy, this oh, mop man. Yeah. Splash. Yeah. Got maybe, lovely. Maybe lovely. to watch episode four. Maybe <laughs> He likes stars as well. Yeah. <laughs> but before you know it, he's sat there with a plate of chips and a glass of wine as well. Right. And you're there thinking, how the heck? I don't even want a mop. I've got a steam mop. Don't need you know, a mop. And a Dyson. Yeah. Um, but he's there. And, it, and actually, the other, the other choice is to, you know, he knocks on the door. You go and you say, I don't need a mop. Thanks very much. And off he goes. Like, you can't stop him knocking on the door. Mm. But you do have control over whether you invite him in and turn it into a whole evening that actually you do not want. Mm. Yeah. And it, you, you get robbed of your Netflix time. Or you just say, no, thank you, and, and send him on his way. And that's, you know, anxiety. We don't have to turn what should have been a black and white image of possibility into, like, this whole Technicolor theatre where our hearts engage and our, like, bodies, like, stressed out and... Yeah. One of the big things that I've been working with my psychotherapist after my thing is that she said I have to <clears throat> not I have to stop avoiding um disappointment for resentment. So as in like I like I would I always welcome someone in. I'm like, "Yes, how how can I make you happy?" Mm. And that's my kind of default. It's like, "Oh, I want if they're happy, I'm happy." That's kind of thing. And that, you know, that's one of the things that I have to keep is basically saying no it's mm. like th- those sort of things and that's one of my that's one of my big anxieties is letting other people down yeah. 
And I think that that's the biggest thing I've sort of worked on since my separation is just kind of going, oh no, I don't want I don't want to do that. <laughs> and realizing that what's yeah. the worst that can happen? You probably annoy someone. They might feel inconvenienced, or they might just go, okay, sure, and yeah, off they yeah. go. And um, if they love you, they love you. If they you love know. you, they love you. And yeah. it, and that won't be be all and end all. But yeah. I, I love this phrase, don't know who it is, can't quote them, but it's um, givers need to set boundaries because takers really do. Like, mm. Oh, my God. Oh, say, it again, say it again, Anna, givers, so I don't remember. Givers need to set boundaries because takers rarely do. Wow. And if you think, if you've got something that needs doing, say even a, a pipe that's burst, you'll call the plumber that you know is always available. Mm-hmm. you know because we tend to just go to the people that say yes but people do not realize what that yes might cost for you mm. so you might say say i say i've got a friend that says will you make my son a birthday cake i'm absolutely crap at baking so this would not happen but you know for descriptions purposes and i say yeah sure and i know that i've got a massively busy weekend but i don't want to let them down and i'm darting around doing football pickups and then having to get more eggs because I dropped the other one and this whole cake baking thing turns into a shenanigan that overwhelms my weekend and then Mm. I hand that cake over on a Monday and I go here you go and they say thanks and I'm like you do not know Mm. how much this cake cost me and there's resentment there isn't there because Mm. the cost has been big the cost has been big like your yes it always has a value and that yes might cost you different every day Mm. but I think it's really good to pause now and be like, I'll let you know, like, let me have a look at my diary. And it's not, it just gives you that opportunity to think, what is the cost of that yes to me? You know, I think we just give ourselves away like wedges of cake and then we're left with crumbs and we're like, oh, I've so, got yeah. nothing I'm left. happy with the crumbs and it's I'm, fine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Just give me <laughs> the crumbs, spit on the crumbs. I don't care, they're fine. You need, you be happy. You need the cake. <laughs> yeah. You need the cake because you need, you need cake to laugh. Yeah. Like you need a contingency. Like if you were going on a journey that was a hundred miles, you'd want more than a hundred miles worth of fuel in case you needed a wee and had to take a detour if you got lost. Mm. Like you need a contingency. Yeah. Like we need that a bit extra to laugh, mm. like to to rationalise anxious thoughts, to deal with curveballs that like swipe us sideways. Otherwise, we're just flawed. Mm. And I think that's what we do, isn't mm. it? We just kind of give ourselves away. Then something happens. And we give a bit more and then we're just on our knees. And like yeah. we live like that. And I, But I've learned as well that it's all right to say no and not have to say an excuse. Not, or even say yeah. why. Even say yeah. why. My husband always like, if, if we don't want to do something, we can't say anything. He's like, oh, I'll tell them this, this and this. And I'm like, no, you can just say, no, sorry, we can't make it. We don't, we don't have to justify why we're not coming to your party. We don't have to tell you it's because we hate your racist brother-in-law. We're just not coming. Do you know what I mean? We're just, yeah. you know, in fact, in that case, I probably would. I'd probably say that's exactly <laughs> right. They're it's Graham's fault and yeah. we're not going to your barbecue. But probably my favourite ever bit of Friends is when, um, it's this little moment where Ross, I think it's Ross, says, oh, guys, um, I, have to, I have to move house this weekend. Can anyone help me move my stuff? And Phoebe goes, oh, I would, but I don't want to. And I'm like, yes, that's my goal. That's yeah. what be. Yeah. Just no justification. Yeah. No, like, oh, I'm, I'm busy or yeah. I'm tired or just like, I, I just don't want to do that. I would rather yeah. sit at home with my kids or whatever it yeah. is. And yeah. yeah. And, and that, that is enough of a reason sometimes. And sometimes, yeah. you know, we just have to measure up. Sometimes there is obligation. Sometimes it is rude not to. Sometimes. Yes. But maybe but, sometimes you should do something. But yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Of yeah. course. There are times you do have to yeah. do things you don't want to do. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But also I've found that 
if, if you start doing that, it gets easier as well. Because yeah. you realise that this guy, people don't hate you and they yeah. don't stop messaging you or never asking you to do stuff. They just no. go, and I really respect people who say to me, nah. Like when you know that someone is firm with their yeah. boundaries as well and you know that they're, they're not going to be resentful mm. with you. Yeah, because yeah. you're accidentally crossing a boundary that you didn't know was there because they just kind of steamrolled it for you. You know, and it just means that the connection is more authentic, mm. isn't it? Because when they say yes, you know they mean yes. Yeah, exactly. When they yeah, say yeah. no, and actually it gives you a bit of permission to be more open as well and to yeah. find confidence in asserting your own boundaries. Yeah, because he, he, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like then you kind of start questioning those people who are a bit vague, going, do they really mean that? Do they really like me? am I too much? Am I not enough mm. for them? And all that sort of stuff. And that's when I, that's when I, because yeah, I just, re- one of my biggest things I have to overcome is being loved because obviously I've just had a mm. separation. And so that was, that was my biggest fear. I even remember about a month before uh, we separated, I turned to my husband and said, I never want to get divorced. I just want to be married forever. Uh, and then the next month we were oh, separated. Gosh, yeah. um, so, you know, that was my biggest fear and it came true. Um, and so all those sort of things is like, no, no, well, this is just the life I have now. And, and I think, you know, and so then, you know, that obviously transfers onto friendships and all that sort of stuff. You're like, oh, but oh, they're going to leave. Um, so, you know, that is about, I think what you're saying about compassion, like, no, people do love you, Helen. It's all right. It's all yeah. right. But I think, you know, when you've had that, the fear of your biggest fear coming true, you kind of go, oh, that's mm. just got to, that's, you know, that was that. And it's not all your other relationships yeah. yeah so it's so easy isn't it to make statements about who we are off often experience so yeah you didn't feel loved but that doesn't mean that categorically you are not lovable yes exactly like someone might like you but it doesn't mean that you are unlikable yes and what we do is we get these a psychotherapist has said that so it means yeah. it's true it's fine <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> someone, if someone know- asks your jokes it does mean you're hilarious <laughs> absolutely but I find it really hard being misunderstood and I you know that's a big thing from my childhood so if I feel someone doesn't understand me and I want to justify myself and I'm like no Anna just because they just they that person doesn't understand you doesn't mean that you will never that no one will yeah so it's being Mm. careful not to make like copy and paste again Mm. flip art statements about the entirety of who you are based on one person because we can't control what other people think and I think if we really knew why people thought or about us or treated us in the way that they did and how many things that are completely out of our control that led to that that treatment or those words Mm. we wouldn't place so much value on the way people treated us I remember saying to you very early on, look, this is nothing to do with you and how lovable you are and mm. how attractive you are and how liked you are and all of this stuff. And you, you said at the time that was helpful, mm. but maybe you just want me to like you more. I don't know. Maybe yeah, just be no, nice. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, but it is. But also the experiencing your worst fear, you realise it wasn't as bad as you thought mm. it was going to be. Mm. In actual fact, it was a gift because you go, well, that wasn't that bad. You know, actually, I'm really happy. I love being single. I love being in a house without him. Yeah. <laughs> and I love my children and I love mm. my new life. So I think on the flip I'm side... I'm absolutely over the moon. <laughs> Let me fucking tell you. Very, very not sad 
not to have that man in my life anymore. Can't speak for you, can only speak for myself. But I am I have not cried a tear over that. Sounds like you might have had a little party. Oh. No, that's to come. Oh. But it's get the that, that yeah. realisation yeah. that you had pinned a lot of what you understood you were worth yes. on something yeah. that was not in your control yeah, completely. Exactly. But now you you're realizing that you're so much more and you're worth so much more than what one person yes yeah would tell you no i think that's it and then the then my and it's a weird thing which the thing that i thought would bring down my self-worth has actually increased it yeah and that i have much more respect for myself and much more love for myself and 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 a new kind of yeah a new way of looking at life so i think i think that's the thing is that you just hold so much about you know being in a couple or being defined as the wife yeah. or somebody else's when essentially you're okay just he's <gasps> here ah! ah! oh my god <laughs> some free wine that's been said day wine free wine anyway sorry Helen what were you saying (laughs) nothing no uh, anyway so but yes yeah but I think I think this is it like I think there's so many things that you yeah you hang on to and it's that weird myth of being in a couple and being married and all those sort of things that you sort of that you that I wanted and now it's not there I'm like this is kind of better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really, really happy. So, yeah. But I had to go through the trauma and I had to go through mm. all the, you know, yeah, the PJs, the smoking and all that sort of stuff to realise, you know. That you end up with your pyjamas being on fire. Yes. <laughs> <That's it>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This terrible, smell. Terrible burns. <laughs> terrible burns. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I, uh, do you, is it Lap Sang Sushang? Yes, is that the smoke one? Right. Yeah, it smells I like an old time. I'm not, I don't like it. No. But, a lot of people do. Mm. Yeah. Does nice, that mean nice that the tea? tea? I don't like it. <laughs> you like it. Yeah. The, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it is a bad tea. No, it means like, you're lots weird. Lots of people like it. <laughs> you're a weirdo. Uh, but do you know what I mean? That tea isn't made a worse tea by the fact that I don't like it. I'm well, one person. I'm sure it does well in. But a Sainsbury. billion Chinese people yeah. disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just because one person, just because you might not be enough. For one person doesn't mean that mm. you are a lesser person. Turns out I'm a lot for many other men. So it, it, there <laughs> we go. There we go. That's it. This works out quite well. Oh. <laughs> I've just made it all about me again, Ellie. Sorry. Yes. sorry. No, I like it. I would make it I like about it. me again in a minute. It'd be fine. Um, look, uh, we're running out of time, by which I yeah. mean I can't be bothered to edit much more of this. So um, just we do, we've you've given us so many nuggets of oh, wisdom. I love a nugget, Anna. Um, can you just before we get onto the confessions, can you explain the gold coin love theory? Oh yeah. I just, ah, oh, my brain works in a funny way, but I think I was literally sat on the sofa looking at my kids and I thought, I wish I didn't love them. I don't want to love them because it feels too painful to think about anything happening to them. Because mm. we lost my sister when she was nearly seven from a brain tumour. Oh, and sorry. I can't even comprehend what that must have been like for my parents. Now, having kids of my own, I don't think there's anything worse. And I just had this moment, I was like, I just wish I didn't love them because then I wouldn't have to worry. Like, then I wouldn't... because. Mm. My heart feels very at risk, loving. It feels very vulnerable. Mm. And then I started realising that so much of my life, I have 
try to protect myself from the vulnerability of relationship, be it with my kids, be it with my husband, be it, you know, because the more you're invested, the more risk there is. But if you pull up the drawbridge to vulnerability, you pull up the drawbridge to love as well, because they're kind of two sides of the same coin. You can't have, if you want a lot of love in your life, you also have to accept a lot of vulnerability. If you want no vulnerability, you've got to kick out love. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I had this conversation with my mum and I said, Mum, do you not ever just wish that Emily, my younger sister, maybe just hadn't, hadn't been born because then you wouldn't have gone through the pain of losing her like years later? And she was like, no. She said, I would never take back a single day because the love was all worth it. And I just thought, man... Loving my kids is like the most vulnerable, brave thing I've ever done. Yes. <laughs> it's such an emotional thing to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and it just made me realise like it's it's got to be worth the risk. Mm. So my heart is vulnerable, but it's also very full. And I don't think I want to take the one away to protect me from the other. Mm. So it's that, I think I, I did this IGTV and I just had a gold coin out of the kids' playroom. And I was just saying how you want love you have to have the vulnerability. Like, I think the real key for me is to arm myself with tools that help with the stopping the overthinking and, like, the rumination and the lying in bed until whatever o'clock, thinking that my husband's dead, planning his funeral. I, I sometimes think of that. that about <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so if you, yeah, if you did not want to think about that, yeah, you, know, if you don't want to plan their death. But, I mean, funeral. I mean, funeral. <laughs> there's vulnerability with love that's the end of it yeah but we do not need to go through the anxiety and to live in that fear Mm. like loving my kids i'm at risk of losing them and being hurt but do i need to be thinking about that every day and imagining what that might feel like because actually it's just taking me away from them yeah and from engaging in what is in front of me yeah so you know, I use lots of tools, so my favourite one is count back from 103 is when I find myself going off down the what if, what if, what if, what if. And then another one of my favourites that I've been using loads over lockdown is I will cross that bridge if I get to it. Mm. And if is the, the important word, right? Because I probably will not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the statistics say my children will outlive me. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. And then if anything comes up in my life, I will cross that bridge if I get to it and it's a reminder that we have crossed more bridges in our lives than we ever you've crossed one recently yeah would have conceived that that would be something that you could face and get through yeah so we're stronger than we think we are mm. I'm not going to live in fear but that vulnerability is there I just mm. want to hey I tell you I want to feel the love I tell you what you got this <laughs> <laughs> I haven't <laughs> nobody got this <laughs> you're enough Oh, yes. Oh, well, on that on that nugget, what a wonderful nugget. Uh, Let's have a let's have a confession, shall we? Yes. Anna, do you have a scummy confession? Surely as a mother of three. I have got so many. But a recent one was that I did an Instagram story, hashtag mindful moment, hashtag relax in the bath. And I took a picture of my feet, you know, in the bubbles, posted it, didn't realise that there was full reflection (gasps) of the old... uh, overflow <laughs> I bet there was an overflow that day oh, you know, no. the internet was overflowed I, wow. I can't Did remember it get a lot how of likes oh yeah. my god 
God. I've heard that. So that's been a problem over lockdown as well because I was listening to this podcast. This woman does Slimming World, and apparently you have to yeah. weigh yourself, right? And and oh, you, no. if you do Swimming World, you have to. You normally go to a club. Yeah, you, club do, you, and you have your weigh in once right. a week. Yeah, uh, but during lockdown, they were just like, right, everybody just weigh themselves at home and then send a scale. picture. And oh, yes, yeah, they obviously people do it naked, so that the scales were. This woman did it naked and sent this fucking photo to our Slimming World Facebook group. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's extraordinary. Uh, so my my confession is, um, well, it's not really, so so here's the thing. So I'm going to Alton Towers uh, next oh weekend. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Lucky yes, you. Yes. Do you know I've never been to Alton Towers. Oh, it's okay. awesome. I used to go when I was a kid. Um, yeah, so, but me me and my dad took my little son, Joe, last year. Yeah. Uh, and we went to um, CBeebies Land. So we're going back this time. We're going to take Charlie because he's a bit older. We can go on the bigger rides and stuff. So CBeebies Land is awesome, right? They've got all the things. They've got a Mr. Tumble bit. They've got like a uh, Octonauts ride. Awesome. They've got loads of brilliant stuff. It is like heaven if you're five years old. And they've got Charlie and Lola house. And I, so we drove all the way from London. My dad drove all the way from London, right up north. Get them like, here you are, Joe. You know, yeah, brilliant. Because his brother had gone on a tour of Man City. So it's like, instead of that, here's your yeah. thing. And he went, yay. So what do you want to do? He's like, Charlie and Lola house. It's okay. Like, right, we'll go there for a few minutes and then we'll see other things. Four hours later... <sighs> Still in the Charlie and Lola house. Wow. I might be exaggerating That's slightly. That's a credit to Alton Towers. It yeah. felt like four years. They've got a thing where you have to dress up Charlie and Lola with these sort yeah. of magnet clothes. That was all he wanted to do. Mm. Uh, so that's what I did. I said there. And so I'm looking forward to next weekend, another four hours. What's, uh... Uh, my my scummy mommy confession is that Ellie and I went to the wonderful mid-alt uh, Annabelle's house last week. It was her birthday. And we were on their podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. And we drank a lot of champagne. And we laughed and laughed and laughed, Anna. We laughed so much. And um, and then we started doing accents. And, and then Emily told an amazing anecdote about Stefan Dennis from Neighbours and I laughed so hard I weed threw my clothes onto fancy Annabelle's chair so I did a wee at my very nice friend's house she invites us over Ellie oh my god she invites us over she gives us a lovely dinner she gives us champagne and I did 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 a wee on next her chair next time you'll take a bag for life next time I'll, next time yes I'll wear did you, a fucking did you nappy. say did you tell her or is this yes the I did because, of it? yeah no because I just thought I, in the olden days, I would have been embarrassed. I was like, I just, I owned it. I was like, I've done a wee. I, like, not yeah. just any kind of wee, like a wee wee. And then I, I thought you were just marking your territory. <laughs> it's like when, you know, when dogs, my cat, dogs yeah. hump It's just you wanting to be liked again, like when dogs hump your leg. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So just a little, little squirt, as Adam would have said. Old bath water. Say it before I say it again. Old bath water. I should have just splashed my um, champagne down my front and then just... You could have done yeah. But then, then I would have been a waste of champagne. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, there we go. So what's, what's the name of your book again, Anna? My Name of Mother. Yeah. Excellent. And where can people find you on the internet, Anna? I'm at Anna Martha on yep. Instagram. M-A-T-H-U-R. And I've got a podcast. Well, I did one series. The Therapy Edit. And it's just little 10-minute bite-sized thoughts on and with tips and stuff yeah oh i'm up for that i like a 10 minute have a little lesson yeah Mm. is it free it's free i'm in She loves it already. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, thank you so much. I feel I feel cleansed. Yeah. I, I, I think she should invoice me for about 100 quid after that therapy session. Yeah, too bloody right. Oh, my God. Thank Thanks you, Anna. Thanks for having me. No, th- go on. Sorry. I just I just wanted to say I love you. Oh, <laughs> I love you too. It's mutual. Oh. Mutual appreciation. It's been nice to meet me. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with vulnerability today. <laughs> Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Zorro to a potential lover just from ideas picture of what? Zorro <laughs> it's got, it's got, I said you wear the cape and I'll wear the mask <laughs> that's weird why? because we were talking about because he's, he's a pastry chef so he has to arrive he has to leave by midnight to start his shift at 1am so we're saying oh he arrives what's that got to do with Zorro? I don't know he's like uh, oh man I'm... Zorro Zorro did he eat pastry? <laughs> I don't know did he like a Greg's? Zorro, did he wear a cape? Sorry, there was a lot of time oh. le- le- leading up to that because I said, "Oh, you know, you just you just disappear in the night to go off to make your pastries." He said, "Yeah, like a mis- you know man of mystery of the night." And then he's like, "Oh," and I was like, "Oh, like Zorro." And then he's like, "I wear the cape." And then I said, "Oh, well, I'll wear the mask because I've got to cover up my bonky eye." Yeah, but if you then have oh, to wear that mask, you might as well just wear a balaclava. <laughs> or just do it in the dark. A double mask. No, oh, yeah, yes, he has to leave at one to cook his um, almond croissants. Sure, like All right. <clears throat> Bet he works in a Greg's. No, I've stalked him. He's, he's, he's in a very fancy bakery. That's really why I'm sleeping with him. <laughs> <laughs> just for the eclairs. Okay. Does he make a nice cream donut? Mm, he's Portuguese. Wow. He's not fucking Portuguese. His name is Darren. Yeah. He, works in, <laughs> he works in a Greg's. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.